9.30 on the Mike Calvin Show. It's 102.5 The Bone. We go from one guest to another. Let's go back to the hotline and welcome back to the show from the legendary band Twisted Sister. This is D Snyder. D, how are you, buddy? Mike, I'm great. A pleasure to be speaking to the people in the uh, the, the birthplace of death metal. That's right. Damn. Did you know that? I did know that. We had a lot. That, we right? still yeah. have a lot of death metal bands here. For sure. Well, it was. It used to be the gray hair capital of the world as well. So, it, <laughs> so it makes sense that you're really dead in death metal. <laughs> <laughs> it, was help, it was helping to escort them over the death line. Uh, D. Snyder last was in the studio <laughs> with us. You were in town to do a comic con or something, one of those conventions, and you and J.J. French came in the studio, and I had never had both of you together, and I could not understand how you could still be a solid rock star, and J.J. looks like one of your friends from high school's father came in with you. That guy does not look like a rock star at all. He had this have been an issue for him? <laughs> we literally had to sit him down and say, Dude, this is in the eighties. And we said, Dude, you're embarrassing us. Yeah. We're walking around, we're walking, you know, traveling the world and you look like you got a pair of capizios. <laughs> you got you got seriously, you gotta start dressing like the rest of the band. And he's like, All right, all right, and you know, put on the denim vest and stuff. But uh yeah, yeah, it's 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 an interesting thing. The founder of Twisted Sister, go figure. That's so so funny. Well D joins us, uh and uh D Snyder's got a book out called Frats. And for those people who don't know D uh, as a um, as a personality, uh, very intelligent guy, and I was looking at this book last night. This is a very appropriate time for a book like this. It's called Frats, and it's about uh, uh, how guys are brought up with to- toxic masculinity, which now more than ever with the whole uh, pride debate is really coming into play. You know, the funny thing, Mike, is that um, I didn't realize I'd written a book about toxic masculinity until my editor said, my editor said hey, this is about toxic It is? Yeah. I was just writing about growing up in the 70s in a, you know, in a suburban area where gang violence sort of just sort of was just an everyday thing and just surviving and, and in that world, you know. And, and I said, no, no, that's, that's, I said, well, no wonder we're all screwed up. Yeah, but it, but it has to do with the fact that, um, you know, sometimes, like, I, I grew up in New York, and I really think it was a move here to Florida to change my environment when I was 18 and to make me look back and realize that, the, and, it, and it's not just New York, it's any place that you grow up with. Until you leave that environment, you realize there's a whole different world out there and a whole other way of thinking. And if not, you grow up thinking your way is the only way and it's right, and it affects so many other people, and we're seeing that happening, playing out right in front of us. You know, that's a great observation and, and actually led me to write the book. Because I grew up in this world where there were high school fraternities, okay? And uh, they, they had charters with the police, just like a college frat. They were, they were treated like college fraternities, except they were literally gangs wearing Greek letters on their, on their jackets. Yeah. And, uh, and they ruled the high school. And I thought this was just the way of the world until I started traveling and found 
this didn't exist outside of the South Shore of Long Island where I grew up. It was a, it, and so, you know, I started thinking about the, uh, having grown up in an environment, what would it be like for someone to come from the outside and to step into that hotbed of hostility? And that's what it was. And uh, that's what this story, so it's a, fic- a fictional story, but it's based on all actual events that happen. I just put, I mixed it up with a fictional character. So, um, yeah, you know, you, like I said, you take, you walk away from this thinking this is the way of the world, and you find out not every place is like this. Yeah, that is, that, that is so true, and that's why uh, I try to encourage my son, who's 16, going to be 17, to go to college, uh, even if he doesn't stay or doesn't go, or, but to go and to go as far away from here as he can so that he can learn a, a different style of life. Because if not, he's going to be stuck thinking that this is it and the rest of the world is exactly the way he is. Uh, this is D. Snyder is on the, vo- on the phone with us. His book is called Frat. It's uh, based on true events in his life. It's available now wherever you get books and in the Kindle and the whole deal. Is there anything that you haven't done that you want to do? I mean, you've been uh, uh, successful at all these things, radio personality, rock star, now author, movie maker. I mean, what, what happened you tackled? Broadway. Broadway. Broadway, voiceover, acting. All right, well, don't brag now. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I just want to tack on what you said about your son. Yeah. Uh, just take it one step further. I wish that travel was mandatory for everybody, that government subsidized travel for people. Yeah. Just to, like you say, get out of their own backyard, just see even another state, but another country, it's eye-opening. You know, you realize it's not like all that evil out there, and they're just normal people just trying to get by like everybody else. You know, so, um, but yeah, as far as, one thing I'm just realizing doing these interviews, Mike, is that nobody's shocked that I wrote a book. I thought everybody was going to be like, you wrote a novel? No. Everybody's like, oh yeah, so now Dee's doing that. You know, so I'm glad. No, you, you got a reputation for being an intelligent guy. I know. I know how that happened. <laughs> uh, I opened my big fat mouth, but but uh, you know what? I'm glad. I'm glad. And uh, no, it's, that's the whole thing for me. Is people say, "Oh, you got to you know, put the band back together." And to me, you know, that's like an exercise in insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, hoping for a different result. Yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, I love the band. I love what happened, but we retired, and now like I'm getting opportunities. Like I'm, supposed to, I'm going to be doing a movie with Adam Sandler and uh, Ben Affleck. Wow. I got a dramatic role in, in one of those movies. They, they asked me to be in there. I've been pushed back because of the strikes that are going on. But and I'm going to be directing my first movie, a movie I wrote uh, called My Enemy's Enemy. So to me, this is the exciting stuff. Is to say like. What can you do now? You know, challenge myself. And that just, you know, and for me, I, I view myself like a shark. If I stop swimming, I'll die. So I just have to keep doing stuff. Yeah, plus you don't want to get the band back on the road and look over at J.J. in khakis and a vest, a denim <laughs> vest. Uh, the book is called Frats. It is there available. Was on the final. There was some moments on the farewell tour, Mike. <laughs> I was like, yeah, this is, we, we waited a little long. This uh, is a farewell. A cu- <laughs> A couple of minutes before you called, we were talking to Mary Lou Henner, and she wanted us to say hi to you. You guys were both on Celebrity Apprentice, all stars together, and she absolutely adores you. And, and the feeling's the same, man. I, you're doing reality TV, and a lot of reality TV involved working with other celebrities. I learned that while our, our worlds seem so different, we're, we're, we're very much the same. We deal with a lot of the same issues and agents and managers and schedules and, 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 and you know, stage issues and forming issues. And, and Mary Lou is one of the greatest people I met on A Celebrity Apprentice. I, met, I mean, I, I did a show called Gone Country a number of years ago, and my roommate for two weeks was Bobby Brown. 
Oh, wow. And uh, when we first met, we were like growling at each other, you know. Uh-huh. And after two weeks, we were like best buds. I mean, so you know, so I, I get to meet a lot of amazing people doing these things. Mary Lou is one of the best, really. Now, what about uh, Trump? What's your uh, relationship like with him? You know, this. You know, I wish we go back to a world uh, where. Okay, I'm old, you know, and the way it used to be is in social gatherings, you don't talk about politics, sports, or religion. That was the rule of thumb, okay? Uh, Doing The Apprentice for three seasons in various degrees, I got to spend a lot of time with with Trump, with his kids, everybody, socializing, dinner, charitable events, all sorts of things. We had a great time, great people. I never had any idea of his politics, and guess what? He didn't know mine. I didn't know his favorite sports team. He didn't know mine. I didn't know what religion he was. He didn't know mine because we didn't. Why do we? Why do we talk about those things? And and you know, and when he when he started running for president, he called me and said, "Hey, man, I want to use what I'm going to take." And I was like, "Yeah, man, go." <laughs> and then three months later, I picked up the phone. I said, "Donald, I said you got to stop." I didn't know what your politics were, and we're not on the same page, and I, I don't stand with you on the things you stand for, and the, uh, most of the things you stand for. Yeah. And uh, you know what he said? And, and, and class, classy as he is, and I'll tell you that, he called and re- asked if he could use a song, which nobody ever does. Right. Arnold okay, Schwarzenegger did. And, um, he, and when I asked him to stop, he said, okay. And he stopped that night. And yeah. that was it. And I said, are we cool? And he said, D, we've done so much charity work together for St. Jude's, for the woman, for skating rinks, for kids. He says, of course we're cool. And, and so, but, we, but we don't see eye to eye politically, not at all. you telling me two adults had a conversation about their beliefs being different, they still remain friends? Insane. That's <laughs> great. That's a, uh, listen, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. The book is called Frats. It's available now. D. Snyder, great guest on the show. You're always welcome, my man. Hey, thanks, Mike. Talk to you again. I got something else coming out next month. All right. We'll be here. Let us know. All right. See you, buddy. There you go. D. Snyder. Yeah, can you imagine that? That uh, two people were able to disagree and then still remain friends and yeah. talk about everything it's else. crazy. It's nuts. Uh, all right. Spanish, where do we stand? Or Carmen, do I have to take a break? No, uh, we can take this to the oh, end. Oh. Take it to the end. Take it to the end. How about that? We got eight minutes, so... Well, I got nothing else to talk about. Yeah, well, well, okay, 